Yo, this is Chaos with the Blacklisted Podcast. And if you like, you can follow us on Facebook at Blacklisted Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Blacklisted Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Blacklisted Pod. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send an email to blacklistedpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would be so kind to rate and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you steal your free podcast. Fade to Black. So it's Brian Newton. I'm the director on Rick and Morty, and I just got blacklisted. Greetings, true believers. Greetings, Stan true Lee believers. here, welcoming Stan you Lee to here. the latest harrowing adventure. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Leading the fight, one man fate has made indestructible. His name Dubious. Black. Listed. This is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the annual Fade the Black, sanctioned by Black Listed Podcast. Commencing at the siren. There will be no holds barred. Anything and everything will go down. And now, here is your blacklisted truth. Check it out for those that know me. Welcome to welcome back. Real slick beside the others. Straight up and down. Yeah, you know what I'm about. Fade the black. to another episode of the Blacklisted Podcast, a podcast of everything and anything in pop culture with an urban point of view. You are being graced by the voice of Nubius Black and Chaos, the Midnight Syndicate, and we are going to talk about Marvel's latest release, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, this was a character created by Marvel Comics back in the 1970s, back when exploitation was at its top. Where Luke Cage and Iron Fist came from the black exploitation realm, as Shang Chi came from the martial arts karate films of the 70s and late 60s, and this was definitely Marvel's version of Bruce Lee. But uh, the way things were, you know, fast forward now. Back when Iron Man was first being made, uh, producer, executive extraordinaire Kevin Feige wanted to make a Shang-Chi movie. He wanted to make sure he did it and did it with, with respect of Chinese Americans, Asian Americans. And a lot of people, you know, when uh, Mandarin first came out in Iron Man 3, weren't on board with it, but me and Chaos dug it. What did you think about that? I thought it was excellent. I thought it was a great swerve, because everybody was expecting one thing and got something else. Yeah. And Marvel's good for that now. They, they were just getting their, that was what, phase two? They were getting their feet under them, the water under and the feet under their, uh, their storytelling, and that, you know, 
the first phase one was basically was you know power versus power light versus power dark, if you will. Captain America fought a darker version of himself. Iron Man fought a darker version of himself. Hulk. Vince Washington repeat. But you needed to do that to establish these characters. But like the song says, Kevin Feige fought the power and he had a, he played the long game. Unlike a lot of people, Mar uh, movie studios, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios played the long game and it paid off. Uh, this movie came out starring Cassino Lou, Aquafina, Tony Leon, Bala Chen, Michelle Yeoh, Lorian Muntow, Ben Kingsley, who a lot of people didn't realize was going to be in this movie, Benedict Wong, Minger Zhang, Ronnie Chien, Andy Lee. This movie, in my opinion, was a really good start, break-off point for this character, and it told a story where a lot of people, again, phase one, the main beef people had with Marvel movies was they didn't think the villains were strong Not just power-wise, but character-wise. And Marvel more than made up the villains, in my opinion, because when you make the villain a hero in his own story, that's that's where you've got the people hooked. Because if you watch this movie, you'll find out that the Mandarin, Tony Leon's character, he's a villain. But he renounces his bad ways because he wants to be a good father. And he just doesn't know how to do that. Because he's been a villain for a couple thousand years. Yeah. Because the rings that he's wearing, the aforementioned rings, which are bracelets in this movie, which I thought was a really good change because in the comic books he was wearing literal rings on his fingers that he stole from alien dragons. And yeah, it got kind of crazy in the comics. Not that it doesn't get crazy in this goddamn movie because the movie is just as crazy, but it makes more sense. If that makes any sense of what I just said. So it's basically a, a family story of a, the villain trying to get his family back together and the son trying to find out who he belongs to because he's living in America under an assumed name and not telling any of his friends or where he comes from. He's basically been trained to kill since he was 10 years old uh, and left his sister there to suffer under the hand of his evil father. Even though the father didn't train the sister at any of the fighting techniques, she learned on her own just by osmosis and by watching. So I thought the story that they were telling, especially when they were in America and things were finally went going to hell, you know, when he finally had the assassins out to get him and bring him back to his dad. And uh, I thought that was well played out. What did you think? Yeah, it was. Because <clears throat> I was looking at as far as for that. Just looking up something like your trivia and stuff. Um, for Tony, this is actually his first American film. I thought um, Aquafina, who I've seen in a couple um Crazy Rich Asians, she has her own TV show. She's a rap artist, and uh, who would have thought, you know, she's, a, she's big time in the hip hop. She really uh, was the, the fans or the viewers' point of view. 
that she was living in a normal life with Sean, who was Shang-Chi, and the fact that she, you know, knew him since high school and didn't realize she's in a bigger world, a mystical world, a magical world. And, and I like the fact that we got to go on that journey with her and seeing it through her eyes. Yeah, we're, she's more the, um, I guess you would call the, uh, not the avatar, uh, uh, our proxy or whatever. Yeah, she's the proxy of the viewer. Yeah. And I like the fact that it's Simo Liu's picture, but his character didn't overshoot the importance of other characters, such as Bala Chan, the woman who played his mother, or Tony Leon, who no one's, that dude just commands respect when you see him on screen. Yeah. If you need to go out of your way and watch some of the movies he's in. He's in a lot of movies with uh, John Woo. Uh, he plays a lot of roles where he's like this badass gangster. Sometimes he plays a badass gangster and happens to be gay. And that's a big thing in the Asian market that, you know, you don't do that. But here we are. Then you got Michelle Yeoh, who, who I first discovered in Jackie Chan movies. And then she ended up being in a lot of uh, Jet Li films. And she was in one uh, Pierce Frosty House mom. I said she was even a bodyguard. And the woman doesn't age. I don't know how old she is, but she does not age. She looks great. Florian uh, uh, Montel, he was uh, a boxer, a French boxer. And he wasn't just a heavy for heavy sake. He actually did shit. You know, he had some lines. He could have just been the typical body body guy that just stood there and did nothing. But Marvel is smarter than that. Like, they, they know that they can have a guy look superhero and still actually have a personality. Yeah, he was Razor fist. And if that name doesn't land on the fucking nose, <laughs> look at his car. It set it on the side of his car. Razor fist. And, and we had uh, Mangar Zang was, this is our first movie. First movie, first everything. Yeah, that is, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not like she did a, a, a short. She arc. did like an interview segment on something. The next thing you know, she's in a movie. But the interview segment was this year. Yep. So it, it, I'm not saying that it's going to go all downhill from here, but no, she, 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 she's part of Marvel Universe now. But yep. your first movie is a Marvel Cinematic movie, and you're main character. Then you had uh, Ronnie Chen, he played John John. He had a small role, but his role was important too. It was like comedy relief, yet he was, you know, the right-hand man, you know, in the fight club that belonged to uh, Mangara Chan. So uh, I thought that was kind of cool. And then the cameos they put in this movie were really cool because it was like... You had Benedict Wong playing Wong from Doctor Strange in a fight club, and they're like, that's where this guy gets his money because he never has no money to pay for anything. That Doctor Strange and uh, Marvel Endgame established that in the Infinity War that this guy never has any money. Yet he seems to be making money on the side by fixing fights in this fight club that Shailene is running, Shang-Chi's sister. And he's fighting the abomination who mutated even further to look like his comic, comic book counterpart. Yeah. 
So he's in that cage fight, and I thought that was a cool little throw. If they gave us just that, I would have been happy. But no, this is Marvel. We're going to give you more, and you just don't know it yet. And, you know, a lot of people were pretty upset with Not a lot of people, just some bitch that moaned on the internet about, well, Death Killer didn't do anything. The ninja with the mask under the mask. Well, if you read the comic books, Death Killer didn't do nothing in the comic books either, but look cool. Yeah. And died a horrible death. So, he did exactly what his character was supposed to do. His character was to train Shang-Chi and torture Shang-Chi until he was good enough and his father died. And I thought telling that story of being in San Francisco and going to Malaysia and then to China, then to this, you know, the Mandarin's headquarters where Tony Leon tells the story of how the Americans appropriated the Mandarin, the, the name of the Ten Rings and named their head honcho the Mandarin after an orange. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Or a chicken bitch. Because he never called himself the Mandarin. He called himself uh, Master Khan. He had a bunch of pseudonyms uh, 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 that he went by throughout his lives because he lived for a couple thousand years. So there's a man who found these mystical, magical rings that gave him unlimited physical power. And all he knew how to do with these things was to conquer and collect wealth and property. And he never had an heir and never had love in his life. So when he finally meets Nieko Wu, who is Shang-Chi's mother, they do their Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon scene, which I thought was done very well. Also done by the same people who did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And she melts his heart, and he falls in love with her, they get married. He takes off the rings where now he can have a project. So he has a son and a daughter. And he loves his son and daughter. He loves his wife. But then he thought he could put his past behind him. His past came back and bit him in the ass when he wasn't at home, where his enemies came and killed his wife. So it was came for him. Right. He wasn't there, so his wife pretty much just tried because she killed a bunch of them motherfuckers. She killed a bunch of, but also at the same time, she also lost her, her power. Her power when she left. When she, left. she was at. So she still had her martial arts experience. She just didn't have the magic, the magical power. And when we say magic, we're talking magic. magic. We're talking flying dragons and monsters and soul suckers and all kind of crazy shit. Dragon scale, which is another new Marvel fucking. Uh, 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 what do you call it? A MacGuffin that we can now have? Yep. Or Dragon Scale is pretty much their version of a, a vibranium. And the fact that you had Michelle Young playing Shang-Chi's uh, aunt. So she must be a couple thousand years old too. Because she knows all about uh, the Mandarin and his what he did and taking away the sister and getting married and having kids. But once the wife was killed, the man was so grief-stricken, he put the magic rings back on and trained his son to be a killer to get revenge for the death of his mother, even though it was in his nature to do so. And, and it's sad because 
the father ends up blaming Shang-Chi for the death of his mother. When what is a freaking eight-year-old kid to do when he's watching his mom being murdered? But I get it. I, it worked for the story because it told the father was so blind with grief. He had to blame somebody. He would not blame himself. He would not blame himself. He did. It, no. it would have never happened if he didn't do what he did to whoever these people did. Wherever these people came back to get revenge for. Yeah. I, and I like that. And, uh, again, Marvel is making character villains that, they're not bad. I think the only villain as of recently that was bad, for bad sake, was Hella. She was evil because she was raised to be that way. She was the right-hand man of Odin, who conquered the cosmos and all the nine realms, and she wanted to conquer them. And he felt guilty, and he's like, nah, we're good. No, we're not good. We need 10 or 11. And then she and he, Odin ends up banishing Hela, taking Mjolnir from her, and banishing her in the realm of hell with all her dead soldiers and her pet giant wolf, Fenders. But she was, and even then, but if not, when you think about it, it ain't her fault. No. I go back all the time to say the main villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as of today is Odin. Odin is anything bad that happens, you go right there. That sure is gonna change until the Eternals come up, but until the Eternals show, Odin's the number one bad. It's it's either Odin or Tony. Oh, Tony makes all his villains. Every villain that uh, that he fought, he made it. Every villain that uh, the Avengers fall. It's because of him. You know, except for Loki, but then you still provoke then, him. But then that also goes back to Odin. Yep. Odin made Loki. And if <laughs> Odin would have told Loki the truth, maybe the ship would have never had to happen in New York. But it did. So I thought it was kind of cool where Shang-Chi and Katie were put in jail with the sister. Who, who, uh, who was her name? Thailand. And uh, they heard like some growling and weird noise in the back. And they go to investigate it. And they find Trevor Slattery, the Mandarin from Iron Man 3. Yeah. Which I thought was a great title. It was like, he broke me out of jail. He threatened to kill me. But he loved the way I was doing the uh, book move. What play was that? Uh, I think it was uh, King. I don't know if it was King Lear or was it. Uh, oh my god, I've I made the weakest, stupid play of 101 times. Do you remember? Okay. What was the name of that play? Remember the play he was. That Trevor Slattery played that so well that. He spared his life. And, and, and it was about, he had a sister, uh, he was doing it for his mom. The, the, the king was killing everybody, he killed his father, killed uh, all his friends for his mom. I can't remember the name. Oh my god, that's gonna be on my brain for the rest of the show. But we're not editing this shit out. Regardless. Mandarin loved the play so much that he kept him around as basically like a, his gesture, court gesture. And being that Slattery was so drug riddled and he didn't know what he was doing. And if anything, Mandarin cleaned him up and gave him a place to stay. And he hung out with a, a little faceless pig monkey or whatever the hell that thing was. Horse. 
Morris. That he understood nobody else could understand. Another mystical, there was mystical creatures. There were a lot of uh, Naruto playback with the Ninetale Fox. They took a lot from anime. The, the, the Mami Mami May or whatever the fuck that. Kamehameha. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that Goku uses. He used that at the end. Again, flying dragons, water bending, air bending. Uh, the fight between light and dark, where the father, when he had the ten rings, had a blue hue, but when Shang-Chi used it, the rings, he had a golden hue. I said again, I don't know if you noticed, but at the end, when the soul sucker was taking the life of the Mandarin, he looked at his son, he looked at Shang-Chi, and he gave those rings to him. And it wasn't like they just flew out of his arms for no reason. You see him stick his hands out. And he, he finally gave up the fact that you are now, remember what he said when he was a kid, you got to prove that you're strong enough to carry the weight of these rings. Not the physical weight, but the responsibility. And he gave those rings to his son, and those rings turned golden, and the Mandarin died. And I thought it was cool that there was a little redemption in that. You can't really redeem him for all the lives he took for these thousands of years he's been around, but for the fact that he's trying to redeem himself into the eyes of the sun, it told a really good story. And before the film was made and was announced, it was a who's who that was trying out for this role. And that was picked for the role. And ironically, Zemo Lou, he put a Twitter out there saying, yeah. So, Marvel, when are we going to talk? When are we going to talk about change? And he put it out there as a joke because he was just getting work as a uh, supporting character, supporter character, on, and he actually did some. Uh, he did photographs he put on like online. Oh yeah, for like uh, advertisements. He was like Asian guy number three. Like photo buckets and all those other things. And Marvel, by his surprise, called him up, told him, "Let's see what you got." He read for it. Did a did his own backflip, and they were like, "All right, we got him." And the fact that Steven Lu is second generation Chinese. Did his mother and father who came to China to move to Canada. The weird thing is that the mom and dad told Simu growing up, you know, the hardships they had living in China. Which I'm not going to go into this detail, but the fact that he told his parents told him these hardships and Simu Lu voiced them years ago. China got all butt hurt and said, well, we're not, just because he said something bad about China, we're not going to release this movie in China. And that's, okay, that's bad, but after $375,000, a million dollars, I'm pretty sure Marvel's not going to that butt hurt about. Because Chinese people are going to eventually find a way to see this movie, but the Chinese government will end up paying and if not, oh well. The movie's still a success. And it's more or less like, uh, not like Simo Lu went in there just as an actor, because he was already, uh, he was, not, he was already, like, knew taekwondo and gymnastics and, like, Wing Chun. 
Yeah, and he played basketball. That yeah. was his favorite sport. But then for the role, he also went and trained to learn more. Uh, he, he, he went and learned Tai Chi, Wushu, Muay Thai, Bangkok Slot, Krav Maga, Jiu Jitsu, boxing, and street fighting. And if Sage was here, he would probably uh, explain what some of that stuff is. I think right now, Hollywood needs to look at himself in the mirror and go, You relied way too much on Chinese box office. You didn't have to rely on Chinese box office in the past. Nope. Movies are now going to be released in a certain kind of way because COVID is still going on. I hate to tell y'all motherfuckers, it's still going on. And it's going to be released different. So those big giant numbers are not going to be those big giant numbers anymore because of the aforementioned things I just said. Yeah, and uh, as far as for box office in movie theater, there, the numbers don't change, but because there's not that many movie theaters per capita as they used to be. No, and even the ones that they have, you don't have a lot of people going out. That's what I was gonna say. And even then, there's still a lot of people that uh, that don't go out. I mean, I know somebody who said that they they are considering buying out a whole theater just so they can go see Russia. Right, right. They want to support it, but they also don't want to be around a bunch of people because. It's, Still going and, and you can get a theater for $75. You really can. So, if China is not going to put it out, and that's a, that's a, that's a, that's bad in a sense, but China's not Russia, China's not Taiwan, China's not Hong Kong, China's not Korea. There's a lot of places in the world that's going to want to see this. That's what I was about to say. There are other places just besides the United States and China. And what's going to happen is when everybody else sees this movie and talks about it, they're either A, going to make their own version of this movie, or B, just release the goddamn movie. Because this is the same country that didn't release uh, The Dark Knight because the, the main, not even the main villain, Joker is the main villain. Like a side, the side villain was a money launderer from China. And he was in there. And then they allowed them to film in China. You knew what the thing was about. The movie wasn't called uh, Chinese Accountant. The movie was called Dark Knight, starring Batman. Batman was the main character. And they got a hard on for that shit, and they didn't release Dark Knight out there. And that movie made more money than God, because the talent speaks for itself. Still, one day we're going to have to watch that movie to break that movie apart, because people put that movie on way too high of a pedestal. And we need to bring it back down to the little guy that, 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 we, that we are. It, it, it's good. Don't get me wrong, it's good. It ain't that good. I think... It, if he said you didn't die, you think you didn't get that much love? Nope. Alright, that's all I'm saying. But back to Shang-Chi, uh, everybody, I thought, I, I watched a lot of like media scrubs and stuff like that. Everybody seemed to be glad that they had done it. Uh, the director, uh, who was his name? They get the director's name. And it's kind of funny because this guy. Destin Daniel Creighton uh, was his name. He's of Japanese descent. He did a couple indie films. That's it. And then it was like, two indie films? Okay, you're doing a blockbuster now. He didn't want to do it because A, he thought he, he was scared because he was intimidated by it. And he didn't think he had it in him to do it. It took 
the director of Black Panther. My brain is just Ryan Coogler called him up and said, You have got to make this movie. He said, Hey, um, I, I, I remember like Fruitvale Station. Right. <laughs> Black Panther. I mean, he had probably yeah, had, he had three. Yeah, but he's like, but still, he said the same thing you just said, but also, this is not a movie for me to make. This is a movie for you to make. You need to put it out there where these are superheroes. When you were a kid, there wasn't no Asian superheroes out there. He had one, and he died. And he was real, and that was Bruce Lee. And that was it. And, and then they tried to give you another uh, Kung Fu hero, and it was pretty much like that. So. Yeah, so, exactly. And he says, you have to, have to do it for the culture. You have got to do this movie for yourself. And you got to do the movie for the culture. And he knocked it out the park, in my opinion. I thought, you're some, I mean, if you keep, again, we always talk about the human and the superhuman. If, if the director kept the human element and Marvel to handle all the rest. Yeah. Marvel's going to hire the best stunt guys. Marvel's going to hire the best CGI. Marvel's going to hire the best costume design, the music, everything. And everything we just said, when you add in uh, Destin Daniel Craig's direction and his feel for the movie and the talented actors he had portray these characters, it was it was a win. But uh, but you like to say he also had the um like the actors were less who believed in it. But again, like to say uh the manger her first role, Tony the Young. He was told he didn't need to train for the movie. He and just he had to show that. up because everything is going to be done by the rings and computer generation. And he still trained for it. And, and, he, like, and he learned how to speak English. Well, he, already, he, he always knew English, but this is like his first English-speaking movie in America. Yeah, and he never had a, a major American role. And then, you, uh, like I said, again, when I said what to Simu, he already knew two things, but he went and learned like another six things uh, to, I guess, to best represent. Because, uh, yeah, there was, a, 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 there was another Marvel property about a karate guy where they didn't train to fight, and that didn't turn out too well. <laughs> yeah. The he who shall not be so, so, yeah, so maybe he saw that and was like, nah, I know this. Let me go and learn more. I am supposed right, right, to be right. a master of Kung Fu. You're supposed to be the best fighter in the Marvel Universe. So I should know something. But, yeah. I mean, hell, even to the, to the small extent, if you don't want to fight me, Agafina even went for training. For, like, driving. Right, she was driving. I was scared to death to be down the road with that girl. Because she was enjoying that shit way too much. But, yeah, everybody, everybody from, even uh, Andy Lee, who played Death Dealer, he uh, did some um, work in a movie called uh, Paper Tigers, uh, Wu-Tang, American Saga, that, uh, mock I wouldn't call it a mockumentary, but a biography, I guess, of the Wu-Tang plan. That's the second time this happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, the Return of the Living Dead, you never notice. When it shut off and we continued to record, I never picked up on it. Until I looked at the time, I was like, man, this movie is short. I was like, okay, this is the one with sounds like the button. I'm gonna do something, but eh. 
thought I turned it off when I hit it, but I... Explaining. Okay. But I, but I can at least see where it stopped. Okay, where did it stop? All right, let me see. 